the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download the podcast from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I'm thrilled to be joined by the one and only Adi Siegel from Happy. And indeed, Adi is the leader together with his fantastic team in providing companies, teams, and individuals with audio-only non-clinical emotional support via an active listening as a service uh, uh, concept. And we're going to talk all about this because this is uh, this is certainly a key thing that American industry needs, active listening now more than ever. Adi Siegel, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having us, Shalom. Absolutely. It's an honor to have you. Uh, I'm actually uh, offline. You asked me the question of who am I? And I'm going to ask you the question again, uh, uh, sort of push that back over to you. Who are you and why did you get into this really, really interesting challenge that you and your team are solving? So I'm the CEO of Happy. We are both a Silicon Valley and New York based company, really international and we provide active listening as a service, like you mentioned, which is really non-clinical emotional support. We also provide for businesses uh, active listening training. So we view this as two separate products, but they are go hand in hand. Uh, the, what we do is we believe that active listening is probably the most important business skill that you have. Actually, the most important life skill aside from breathing, probably. Um, but what we do is we, we run you through a full experiential based curriculum where you learn how to listen to your colleagues and your teammates and your managers and vice versa much deeper than you would in a normal setting. We don't learn this in any other place. We've had hundreds of people go through our curriculum now from professors of listening to executive coaches to CEOs. And everyone says, I've never learned this anywhere else. So that's, that's and, and the yeah. facts speak for themselves, Adi. I mean, a Harvard Business Review study uh, recently found that active listening is a key factor in improving leadership effectiveness. And we know that employee burnout is a real thing. Employees, employers need to focus on keeping their leaders, keeping them engaged and keeping, keeping uh, people within their organizations that leads to better results for customers customers and who doesn't want to take care of their customers. So I, I understand your, the problem you're trying to solve, and it's now more important than ever, but how does your system work? How does Happy work? When you go onto the app, so we're an app both in iOS and, and Android app stores, you download it. And if it's provided to you by your employer, which is where we're focusing on for, for this segment, 
Um, you would have a specific login. All interactions are audio only and anonymous. Uh, so you would you would have an account that would be pre-filled by your employer. And you just go on and you can talk about anything. We'd like to say that anything is on the table. We are specifically not mental health and we're not a crisis hotline. But you can talk about whether it's work, life, whatever's bothering you at the time. Or some people just like to say, go on a walk and have someone to talk to. And our trained listeners, our certified listeners are there for you 24-7, 365. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, in our short conversation, um, we're just going to touch on a couple of things. But I know uh, on your website, which we'll send our listeners to, you have a lot of great information about some of the red flags that can actually be readily identified and resolved through active listening. And of course, we're going to want to push people over to that website. So let's talk about the thing you just mentioned, certified listeners. Who are those certified listeners? Certified listeners really run the gamut. There are people who have full-time jobs, and this is something they do as as extra, something they really enjoy. Um, and then we have people who are doing this for their full-time job. What it means to be a certified listener is that you've gone through our Happy Academy. That is a curriculum that's been designed by the leading academics in the listening field, as well as practitioners around the world. And we run you through this very important thing of deep listening, or what we define as listening to understand. And Shalom, that is probably the most important thing that we could teach and convey to the audience today, which is people who tell you that they're good listeners probably are not, because we know the world's best listeners, and they say that it's a work in progress for themselves. And we also wanted to find the difference between hearing and listening. Today, in the very distracted work world, we can have like 10 screens in front of us at once. And it's it's not often the case that someone is just focused on what you're saying. And so we want people to really dive into conversations and not think about the next thing they're going to say, not look to interject with some cool fact, but do uh, almost what we do here on, on interviews is listen to understand, wait for the other person to fully respond and, and then carry on with the conversation. Indeed, I'm chatting with Adi Siegel from Happy, uh, which, as we've just been saying, is an app-based platform. We've been talking about the importance uh, of active listening. Employee angst, stress, burnout is indeed a significant business problem, and one highly viable and relatively immediate solution lies in the simple yet impactful act of active listening. So, Adi, this is great. And uh, as I've been preparing for this conversation, I've learned something about the Atlantic Listening Academy. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That's what we were just describing. That's a curriculum that we built over a year uh, with a lot of research involved. So it's not just something that we came up with and said, hey, we need a certification for our listeners. That is definitely true. There is no real certification for listeners right now. So we built one and it's now become an industry standard around the world. The Academy has only five stars by the leading experts. Um, and what it does is it runs you through the the academic concept of listening, the practical concept of listening. We dive into emotional intelligence training. And most importantly, it's filled with these tidbits of experiential education. So we run you through a quick video, for example, where it actually has the content and then we're like, okay, go practice this in the real world. Uh, and this is something that we bring to teams around the world and around the country to train in communicating with one another and even more importantly, communicating with customers because we know that better listening and deep listening actually drives revenue at the end of the day. Okay, Adi, you've piqued my interest and certainly that of all of our listeners. And, uh, you know, before we wrap up our conversation every week, I like to uh, ask for some homework assignments. 
Um, you know, we have a lot of listeners in the world of entrepreneurship, small business, uh, and everybody, uh, my key takeaway from this conversation is everybody can indeed experience the benefits of listening. So what are the, what are the, the tidbits, the things that you want to see everybody tuning in to get down to business put into practice in the weeks and months ahead? How can everybody experience the benefits of listening? The first thing is to acknowledge that it's intimidating to say you're going to listen. It can be awkward, actually, because, you know, it's it's natural to want to be more engaged. or We think it's more engaging by interrupting people. It's a funny thing. So what I would say is the first thing is just try to really focus on someone when you're having a conversation. Let us sit in the silence a little bit. You can even practice this with strangers. I might even encourage you to practice it with strangers. There's some great research with our partners over at the University of Chicago. I know that's relevant for your audience in particular. Professor Nick Epley over there in his lab. And they really focus on the extreme benefits of strangers talking to strangers, which is exactly what happens on the happy platform. And it's a great way to practice your listening skills, whether it's on the train, the next time you're taking a train ride or you're in the coffee shop, just turn to the next person. It's the classic experiment that also happens, social experiment that happens on, a, on an airplane. We sit silent next to someone for five hours. And just before you're landing, you have the most amazing five minute conversation with them. And that's because we are often delighted by speaking with strangers. So that's your the number one tip and takeaway is just try it. And the second thing is when you're in a business conversation, for example, whether you're trying to pitch someone on a new sale or talk to your manager or your manager talk to your team, really try to let the words sit, kind of like I'm doing right now. Slow down our conversation. Listen to what the person is saying. Don't just, not just I'm hearing you, but really understand what they are saying, process that, and then respond you will see that your conversations change immensely and almost immediately. Well, I don't want to slow down the conversation too much because I want to make sure our listeners get in touch with you and your team, download the app and get started in the process of active listening. It will, uh, it will, bring enormous benefits, uh, whether it's in business, in your professional life, probably in your personal life too. And I know we could talk for hours, but we don't have that time. So uh, Adi Siegel, we really appreciate you coming on. How can we get in touch with you and your team and learn more? You can reach us at hello at happyhapi.com. You can also visit us at happyhapi.com. You can find us on all social media at happyapp.com. And we'd love to start talking with companies in your area about partnering for listening training and emotional support through active listening as a service. Fantastic. Well, Adi, really appreciate you educating our listeners, talking to us about the importance of active listening. And of course, we'll link to Happy uh, on, in our show notes, uh, which you could always get on my website, shalomkline.com. Or of course, subscribe, rate, review, and share on your favorite podcast app. Just search for Get Down to Business. And indeed, we are powered by our good friends at healthplanchicago.com. That's Tom Mirabali, and you can reach him again, healthplanchicago.com for all of your health insurance, affordable care act needs. Get on his website, schedule a free consultation. Make sure you mention you heard about uh, his services on Get Down to Business. We've got to squeeze in a very quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Hey, we are back on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And I am so excited to be joined by Dr. Wanda Wallace, Managing Partner of Leadership Forum, who coaches, facilitates, and speaks on improving leadership through better conversations. She is the host of the weekly radio show and podcast, Out of the Comfort Zone, is the author of You Can't Know It All, Leading in the Age of 
deep expertise. Wanda, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Okay, so you wrote a book that intrigues me. You can't know it all. I thought you can't. So I'm curious, why did you write this book and what are you seeking in the business world? Because I was seeing way too many deep experts struggle to take their career to the next step. So they have this expertise, the team loves them because of the expertise, the organization loves them, and then they get stuck in that expertise job and they can't make the next step. And I wrote the book to show them how, what's happening, and what's the next step look like. Would you like an example? Please do, absolutely. All right, let's take somebody, could be in any function, but I'm going to pick somebody who's in the audit function, who's heading the internal audit for any organization anywhere around the world. Considered a deep expert. Their predecessor was not such a deep expert, and the team is loving it. Finally, somebody knows all the details of how we run really good audit practices. And they're there to transform the audit function. Organization loves it. Team loves it. Expert among experts. Now the question comes, can this individual take a step out of audit to the next higher level in the organization? Can they lead a business? Can they lead a different function? And right now the answer is no. And the answer is no is because they're seen as only somebody who can play in this expertise space. And the secret for them to be able to move is to start using the space that they're in to weigh in on broader strategic questions for the company, um, to have opinions, to bring their knowledge to bear in something that helps the entire enterprise move forward. And that is a shift because for 30, 20, 15, 20 years, you've been performing one particular way, and now we're asking you to do something completely different. And that's the out of the comfort zone moment. Awesome. Well, again, I'm chatting with Dr. Wanda Wallace, who's written the book, literally written the book on uh, on leadership. Uh, it's called uh, her, her radio show and podcast is called Out of the Comfort Zone. And the book is called You Can't Know It All, Leading in the Age of Deep Expertise. And you've just started talking about this, Wanda. You talk about E leaders, experts, and S leaders, spanners. Let's talk a little bit about that and uh, and and how an E leader wants to build the skills of being an S leader. What should we do? Okay. All right. Let's be clear. It's not one or the other. It is a balancing act. And so you've got to be asking what proportion of my time am I spending being the expert, meaning drill down? And what portion of my time am I spanning across domains that I don't necessarily have depth of knowledge in? And if you're looking to expand your spanning capability, then there are three fundamental questions you have to ask, and you have to ask them in this order. Number one What's your value in the spanning space? And your value is not going to be your depth of knowledge. It's going to be your breadth and your network and your ability to tap resources for your team. Then after you answer the question of value, how am I adding value? Then you have to say, what's the work I'm supposed to do? I can't do the work of my team because I'm not the expert in all those domains. So what work am I doing? What's my unique thing that only I can do that's going to add value? And then the last question is you have to understand when you're no longer the expert, your interactions with your colleagues up and down and sideways change in fundamental ways. They're less about the facts and much more about a whole host of other things, including emotions. That's very helpful. Again, I'm chatting with Wanda Wallace. Wanda, you have been studying and watching career models and models of leadership evolve. What are you seeing in terms of current trends as we have this conversation in mid-2023? What what are you seeing in 
with the world of corporate and uh, and in in terms of that balance of expertise and spanning, what needs to change? Um, what has changed is the need to redraw the balance. You know, so we've been in love with this notion of becoming a general manager, being a generalist, and that you could lead anything. And what I'm seeing right now, particularly in this year, is that we need a lot of expertise. We need people who have expertise, who can train a team, who can go in to solve problems, who can understand how to transform an area of the business. That expertise is as valued as ever. And if you're worried about your organization um, downsizing in some way, having expertise makes you really hireable across other organizations. So the value of expertise has never been higher. The problem is you can't just rely on your expertise. You've also got to have the expertise plus this ability to span across domains because that makes you way more valuable. That means I can bring you in to solve an expertise problem and I can pull you out to integrate across the organization. It's that combination that is important and it's the balancing act between the two. So you're touching on something that I actually think about a lot. Essentially, what I'm hearing from you is that you'd love to uh, kill the term general manager. And uh, I, I agree with you. I agree that that, 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 you know, Nobody should really be that general manager, but why, why is there such resistance to this? Why do we continue to see in an, in an age where, where definitely companies are looking for, for talent? That's, that's not something new. Um, why, why do people still believe that a general manager can, can be a general manager? Because we've drunk the Kool-Aid, I think, quite honestly, that, you know, if I develop all these, quote, softer skills and lead in a particular way, then that is going to be the antidote to perfection and to my career. And there is no single way to lead. This is just one more of the many balancing acts you've got to do to lead effectively. And so I'm on a mission to say it's not one way, folks. It's a series of balancing acts. So one of these is this expertise in spanning. But another one is whether you need to be um, sort of more forceful, more direct, more candid, more pushy with your team, or whether you need to be more empowering, more gentle, more kind. You got to do both. You can't have one or the other. And we've just gotten sold on one way only. Something you talk about in your book, and again, I'm chatting with Dr. Wanda Wallace, the author of You Can't Know It All, Leading in the Age of Deep Expertise, which essentially says it all, I love that title, is that you talk about how some people say he or she got promoted beyond his or her level of competence. So I'm curious, Wanda, why do you think that this occurs? And more importantly, again, how do we fix that problem? Okay, I'm on a second mission about this one, and this is part of what the book is for. So you know, in organizations, we rank people typically in a nine-box talent equation, where one side is potential and the other side is performance. And we typically take people, particularly those who are at functional roles or deep experts, and we call them high professional, which means they don't have the potential to go beyond their particular box, their particular area of expertise. I think they don't have the potential to go beyond that only because we haven't shown them what the other side looks like. We haven't developed the skills. We haven't talked to them in a language that says, here you use your expertise and here you use a different set of skills. In my experience, when you start to explain to people that there are two different ways and it's a matter of choosing which in the right moment, suddenly people start to be able to say, ah, I get it. I know now why I need to shift. And they can learn to shift. 
So I think it's not promoted beyond competence. I think it's promoted beyond your level of expertise. And we don't give people the tools to know how to manage. Well, Wanda, I've certainly learned a lot from you today in this conversation, and I know I'm going to continue to learn more as I read your book and listen to your show. And uh, perhaps that's the most important bit of homework that we could leave with our listeners is to get people in touch with you and make sure we could get in contact with you, which I know isn't hard because you're all over. But what is the best way for us to find the many, many publications and resources that you have and get in touch with you? All right. The easiest way to find that is at my website, leadership-forum.com. If you look under resources, you're going to find just about everything I have published somewhere in there as well. You'll find a link to the podcast called Out of the Comfort Zone. And there's a lovely little spot to send me an email. If you want to be in touch directly, it's wanda.wallace at leadership-forum.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your expertise with our listeners. I look forward to bringing you back on real soon on the program, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Um, And definitely we'll link to you through the show notes and uh, look forward to bringing you back on to continue this conversation because leadership continues to evolve. And I know you are, uh, you indeed are the, uh, the leader of the leadership forum. So that's exciting. Um, And uh, remember, you could always check out our sponsors of the program Tom Mirabali, healthplanchicago.com. Tom Mirabali, uh, independent agent, uh, healthplanchicago.com. Or you could give him a call at 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477. And so you don't miss a single episode of this program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, and share on your favorite podcast app. Uh, and uh, you could find us online, uh, shalomkline.com. Com. Uh, we'll be right back on the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Uh, some headlines, commercials, quick break. Um, we've got a lot more for you right after this quick break. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm so excited to be joined by Jack Gibson, highly regarded as an international speaker, entrepreneur, and financial thought leader. Uh, Jack has been driven success in business and life and has built multiple profitable businesses, uh, in many cases in real estate. He's a sought-after speaker, and I don't want to take away any of his thunder because uh, he hosts a fantastic high-return real estate podcast and has so much other content out there. Jack Gibson, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Excited. Absolutely. So I love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you've caught that entrepreneurial bug. I was fortunate. I was raised by two dads, uh, kind of the rich dad, poor dad scenario that Robert Kiyosaki talks about in his book. I had a uh, second father that was an entrepreneur, a wealthy farmer. He had uh, three different companies. And then I had my uh, my real dad, and I wouldn't call him poor by any stretch. You know, he was the professional, went to, you know, his philosophy was go to school, get a great job, work your way up the corporate ladder. And then I had my other uncle, the one that really created, you know, a multi-million dollar portfolio. He was all about, you know, buying businesses and then keeping reinvesting your profits back into those businesses. That's a, a way to grow wealth. So I got both perspectives and uh, that gave me the entrepreneurial spirit at a very young age, started in a uh, direct sales uh, marketing business when I was 19 and uh, just everything took off from there and I made a lot of mistakes along the way. So we can certainly dive into that as well. 
Sure. Well, 19 years old, if I understand correctly, that's before you could even rent a car and you have already established at that point a multi-million dollar venture, which is uh, which is pretty exciting. Um, let's talk about real estate for a second, because that's sort of your claim to fame over here. You uh, not only have made a lot of money in real estate, but you also teach a lot of folks. How did you catch that and what advice do you have for our listeners? Well, I read the book, you know, that I alluded to, Rich Dad Poor Dad, back in 2001. At that point, I was in the beginnings of building my marketing business. So I saw the I saw the vision for building cash flow producing real estate portfolio, but I didn't have any money, and I knew that it would distract me. So I kind of put it on hold until 2008. We were um, expecting a baby, my wife and I, so we needed to sell our house and move into something bigger with a better floor plan. And of course, the market just tanked right when we were about to try to sell it. So we turned it into a rental and we rented it out for 10 straight years. It, it only had one month of vacancy. I knew after you know a few years of doing that, that oh, I should get more of these. This is a great way to create consistent cash flow. So I started scaling up a portfolio um, by buying turnkey rental property in um, other markets besides my own. And then that led to, oh my gosh, there's lots of other investors that want the same thing. They want access and exposure into the real estate market, but they don't know where to begin. They don't have time to go out and acquire deals. So we, um, I formed a company called High Return Real Estate. We have a podcast, 80 episodes with my uh, partner, Shecky, uh, Jeff Schechter, and we started offering um, completed turnkey rehab property that cash flows from day one, and we started selling lots of them, 300 or 400, I think, deals we've done so far. Well, I've been taking notes over here. There's a lot of things I've already learned uh, in terms of your uh, your your focus. And uh, definitely, it sounds like you, you continue to study, continue to uh, pay attention to the market and continue to pay attention to the trends. But indeed, as you alluded to earlier, not everything has always been on the side of winning. You have made some mistakes and some of the best uh, advice that I know our listeners have uh, have received is from the mistakes that have been made. Again, I'm chatting with Jack Gibson. Jack, if you can uh, sort of tell us a little bit more, tell us about some of those mistakes and what our listeners need to know that might set them on a path to success. Well, when I was uh, 21, I was a senior in college. It was right before 2000. I was set to graduate. I had banked up uh, 50000 in cash while I was going to school. Um, that was pretty impressive for a college kid. I still think to this day, but what I did with the money was unimpressive. I invested in things that I had no understanding about. I was chasing returns. I was trying to, you know, get rich quick. I put all that money into tech stocks without having a, a strategy. And that of course blew up in the dot-com bubble in 2000. And I lost most of that money. And then on top of that, I had to sell the rest of it because I needed the cash to live on. I was going into the real world, you know, where you have to pay your own bills. And, you know, uh, oh, yeah, that. <laughs> right. Oh, that. And so I, I realized quickly that, you know, I, I was made several mistakes in terms of not only buying things I didn't understand, but also not having my um, foundation set on a strong bedrock of real tangible assets. So from that point forward, I never um, invested into anything uh, really risky with my principal capital. My philosophy is invest into things you understand and things that are relatively <laughs> safe. I mean, no investment is completely safe. Then take the streams of passive income that are coming in, and then you could use those to fund your risky bets, buy That's your powerful. portfolio, your pre-IPOs, that sort of stuff. 
That's powerful. So my key takeaways over here is definitely uh, you you had an entrepreneurial spirit um, sort of instilled in you. And it certainly sounds like you are instilling that in uh, with your two boys. Um, and you have a, a lot of fun with them. You've talked about having that strategy. You've talked about definitely investing in and in, in doing, you know, doing work in areas that you understand. And certainly, uh, again, the opportunities in real estate, which is awesome, which has allowed you to build multiple passive streams of income. I want to get you in touch, uh, our listeners in touch with your podcast and your website. How can we get in touch? Well, I have two, actually I have two different podcasts. Um, the main one that I'm focused on right now is Indestructible Wealth. This is to teach entrepreneurs uh, cash management, teach them how to uh, invest their money. I call it the make, keep and grow formula. They can just go to myindestructiblewealth.com. All my podcasts, blogs, community is right there. And then for those that are really into real estate, it's a, a specific show on real estate called the Higher Return Real Estate Show. We just fired it back up and awesome. it's um, ready to go. Jack, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be right back and get done to business. Thanks so much. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. I'm excited to bring in Judy Wilkins-Smith, world-renowned systemic work expert, author, Fortune 500 executive coach, and motivational speaker who's going to talk to us about money, DNA, and a healthier money mindset. Judy, I've been reading all about you and your background, which is fascinating. Let's talk about how you got into this fascinating line of work. Okay, that was it was really unexpected. And thank you for having me on, by the way. Um, so born and raised in South Africa, moved over to the US, my father was killed. And it, it was a question of either write books or go crazy. So I figured writing books was probably a better idea. Um, got into uh, met someone who was doing this work. And they said, come help me with a come and learn the work and I'll help you with a book. Got zero help with a book. But that kind of launched this. Wow. Amazing. Fantastic. Judy, you're touching on something really, really, really interesting. It's called money DNA. So I've got a lot of questions for you, Judy. Why is money one of the best places to start in looking at your unconscious emotional DNA inheritance? And how do you determine if you've inherited an emotional pattern around money that's not innate to you? Okay. So it's one of the most important ones because it's the place that touches us all. It's pretty universal. So we all have something to do with money. Some of us do really well, in which case you want to do even better because there's a lot you can do with that. And some of us struggle and our families have struggled. And the minute we know that we struggle and there have been struggles in the family, you've got a very high likelihood that it's an inherited pattern. And so what you want to do is you want to sit down and write down all your thoughts, feelings and actions that you take around money. You want to ask where that began for you. What was happening in your life at the time? And does anybody else in the family have a similar pattern? Then you know you're dealing with an inheritor one that's actually saying to you, can we stop this? And what can we start through you? So, wow, fascinating. So again, I'm chatting with Judy Wilkins-Smith, world-renowned family patterns, money, DNA, experts. So understanding money DNA, it actually will help create a healthier money mindset through some exercises. Let's talk a little bit about that. What are some of the things that you recommend for our listeners to sort of understand the pattern? Sure. So the first thing is exactly what I said to you. Write down your thoughts, feelings, actions. You really want to look at those. Understand what it stops you from doing and understand what you'd like to do because of the, that. those are the two ends of your spectrum. But there are other things that I do. I make all my clients go on money walks 
So I make him go and have a walk and talk to money because the one thing that we know is that money is not a commodity, it's a relationship. And the way you show up for it is the way it will show up for you. So I say to him, okay, you're going to go for a walk. You're going to tell it your deepest fears, your biggest pain points, your highest dreams, your best reality. And I want you to talk it out. And as you're talking it out, you're making it conscious. So as soon as you're making it conscious, you begin to gain insights into what you do automatically. And instead of now being on autopilot, you have a way to work with money. You can do the money dance. And like I say, money is a, is a relationship. It's a wise mentor. It's a great friend. But most of us are not taught that. We're taught to fear it. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So you, we've, you know, we've talked a little bit about some of those exercises that I know you tell everybody that you talk to. Money doesn't go on trees. A penny saves, money earned. Yes. You know, we know, the, we, know the, we know those comments. I hear the passion in your voice. So, you know, definitely in, in identifying sort of those, those trends and those feelings about money, jotting those feelings down, that's great. So now that we've identified some of those things, um, you know, how can we sort of start to pin a uh, pin pin some of the uh, the history uh, of that? What and and then we'll talk about the future. Okay, so when you're having a look at the future, at least um, the past, what you want to do is listen to what we call a systemic sentence or systemic language. In other words, how do I speak about that? Because your sentences are also going to determine how much you will or won't, can or can't have. And where did that come from? Did it come from mom? Does mom have a similar feeling about it? And does it still belong to me? Probably not. Every time you have a pesky money pattern, it's actually saying to you, hey, I'm here for you to change. And so what you do is you listen to the sentences you say, or if you go to the shops or, or wherever it is, and you're using money, listen to the way you're talking to it and talking to yourself. And then begin reframing it. Just a, one new thought, one new feeling, one new sentence at a time. And you're going to begin to shift from the limitation into the possibility. Fascinating. Again, I'm chatting with Judy Wilkins-Smith, who's a highly regarded organizational individual and family patterns expert. We've been chatting about, uh, again, identifying some of that, uh, some of that history um, in terms of that money. DNA. But then we start to look at the future. We start to look at what you want to do with your money. You write about this, your deepest heart's desires. Um, and uh, definitely starting to uh, starting to put that down. So when you talk to some of your clients, some of the people that when you do some of your speaking, what are some of the trends that you're hearing? What are some of the things that our listeners might find interesting? You mean things that they're doing or things that they're they're struggling with? Well, both what they're struggling with okay. and then and then some of those goals that they've established for themselves. So the struggle is how on earth do I get past this old language that's been there all my life? And it's literally one new sentence, but it's got to be a sentence that really makes you gives you the tingles. Right. And so how do I do that? How do I put the others down? Well, do they still belong to me? Are they still relevant? Did this happen to me through an event in my life long ago? And my, my brain says it's over, but my body doesn't. The brain and the body have to be together. So your brain has to tell your body a story that your body believes. Fantastic. And when those two are together, you're off and running. Awesome. Again, I'm chatting with Judy Wilkins-Smith. We're going to squeeze in a very quick break here on the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're talking about money DNA, but we're going to continue our conversation when we come back in just a moment. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. 
We're back on Get Down to Business, continuing my conversation with Judy Wilkins-Smith, who, again, is a highly regarded organizational, individual, and family patterns expert. We've been chatting about money, DNA. Judy has 18 years of experience of expertise in assisting high-performance individuals, Fortune 500 executives, and legacy families to end limiting cycles and reframe challenges into lasting breakthroughs and peak performance. It's called Money, DNA, and Judy. You've written the book, literally written the book called Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, a powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns. Judy, what is the key challenge you are trying to solve with your book? The key challenge is people feeling like they're limited or like they can't, or they're stuck. And that's precisely the whole aim of this book, is to show people how not stuck you are. And one of the biggest pieces with that is to establish, start establishing goals. But you want stretch goals, not just ordinary everyday ones, stretch ones. Not ones that'll break you, but ones that'll stretch you. And you want to be so excited about those goals that you can't stand yourself and nothing's going to stop you. Because if you use an elevated emotion like gratitude, joy, and excitement, and you couple it to a goal, it pulls you past all of the old excuses and all of the old patterns. So that's key. I think if I were to boil it down to one one phrase, it's teaching people victim no more. Wow. Again, Judy, this is great. I know you talk how every human being is born to be remarkable and through uh, decoding, which we've talked about it just a few minutes ago in the conversation, um, by taking by going through those steps, it actually shows the, the, the opportunities that you have. So Judy, who is this book written for? Is it for the beginner just getting started or is it somebody that's already more advanced and has, has sort of started in this journey and uh, exploration? It's for all levels. The reason I wrote the book was because I do this work with live events and not everybody can get to me. And I wanted people to be able to pick it up no matter who you were, look at it and begin understanding that you're a very multi-complex person with incredible capabilities as a co-creator. I wanted people to get that and I wanted them to be able to get that in a way that was logical but deep at the same time. So it's for everybody. Wow. Uh, Again, I'm chatting with the author of Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, a powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns. Judy, we're just about out of time. I want to leave our listeners with a homework assignment, something that they can do literally not not a big picture goal, but something that they can do in the week ahead to help them decode their emotional blueprint and how it can help them professionally as well as personally. Judy, if they remember nothing else from this conversation, what should they do? They should sit down immediately. They should have a look at their biggest frustration with money, write down their thoughts, feelings, and actions around that. And then immediately after that, they should sit down and write their highest desires and write down their thoughts, feelings, and actions around that. And then all they have to do for the week is one new thought, one new feeling, one new action. That will shift them. Fantastic. Judy, I've learned a lot in our conversation. I look forward to sharing this with our listeners, both on radio as well as podcast. And uh, I know we will make sure in all of our show notes to get people in touch with you. But what is the best way for people to pick up a copy of the book and and find out about all the amazing work you and your team are doing? Um, Amazon, any of those good booksellers, they can get it there. They can reach me on my website at judywilkins-smith.com. I'm on Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. You are certainly available everywhere. I've been chatting with Judy Wilkins-Smith, 
Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. And uh, indeed, we'll link through all of our show notes uh, on all of your favorite podcast apps. That's where you can find Get Down to Business. Again, wherever podcasts can be found, just search for Get Down to Business. And uh, Judy, appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and have a lovely day in Chicago. You too. Fantastic. Thank you. And of course, you could get in touch with me through my website, shalomkline.com. Uh, that's where you could listen to the past 10 plus sh- years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. It's been a jam-packed week. And uh, make sure you share this with a friend, a business colleague. Uh, anybody can benefit from the amazing resources of Get Down to Business. But to success, that's a wrap. We'll talk to you next Sunday right here on AM560, The Answer. Let's get down to business. Have a great week ahead. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.